Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey girls. Welcome back to It Girls Podcast. This is Jenny. This is Lindsay. And we're doing an episode today which is probably quite different to a lot of our other episodes, but it just didn't feel right to kind of go ahead as if nothing happened this weekend um obviously everyone uh, right now and if you didn't know uh caroline flack who was the presenter of love island and a you know prominent tv presenter took her own life over the weekend um it was something that Lindsay and i found out about <clears throat> excuse me while we were uh getting ready for our show Uh, Lindsay was sitting on one of the chairs and I was kind of flicking through my phone on Twitter and I saw someone I tweet saying someone I tweet someone I follow saying um Caroline Flack was found dead question mark it was the most shocking thing I think I'd heard in so so long especially because it was such a condensed amount of space that this whole virality happened within her being um you know the whole we did a podcast on it where the story came out about her and her partner her boyfriend and whatever happened that night that was speculated and that was a huge story in the media and it was just a big it was just like I mean Caroline Flack was the host of Love Island she you know had this vivacious kind of personality mm-hmm. and she was also a big media presence like mm-hmm. in the tabloids because she had a quite a turbulent life public um, love life as well. yeah like she was 40 she had many um different kind of partners mm. a lot of them just they seemed quite intense and then obviously this was the kind of climax of these stories that had continuously gone around about caroline flack um when the guards obviously got involved that night and the um she wasn't able to see there was a she couldn't see her boyfriend she had gone to the court and that was ruled she had no she couldn't have any contact mm-hmm. with her boyfriend and he decided to not press charges he didn't want the case to go ahead but um hours after cps said that the case was going to be going ahead there was going to be a trial um she took her own life and you know obviously you know it's not something we always talk about and obviously if you are sensitive to topics like suicide or anything like that like this might not be the the podcast for you you know if it is sensitive to you because I know obviously unfortunately one of the saddest things about this world right now is that so many people are being you know very closely associated with people taking their own lives and it's so traumatic it's so traumatic especially I think and in this case what we're seeing swirling post um the news is how could we have stopped this how Mm. do we stop this what is going on what do you personally do what do you know the larger scale of media outlets papers mm-hmm. how do we stop this like how do we not let this happen because I mean it was only in late December that the story came out and now here we are February and she obviously she took her own life and it it was such a huge viral story like I said we spoke about it it was yeah. then going to be a continuous kind of media circus because the trial was going ahead and in the UK they have a lot more like we are a lot more protected here in Ireland you know Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on in cases which I'm so thankful for Mm -hmm. but um 
in England, like the media over there is like no other. Worse than even America, yeah. I can imagine. And then the court cases oh, are definitely. a lot more public. And I think, you know, just being able to see from our phones and from our laptops the kind of level of intense speculation that was going around. Photographs were coming out. Her own boyfriend was sharing really graphic photographs of, um, you know, what had happened that night and kind of, you know, it was just such a media circus. And I think everyone now, in hindsight, including ourselves, are kind of like, did we, you know, how could we have done better? Done Because, better? like, we also have to note, like, that this is... You know, something else that adds to this is like that you can't deny is it's the third suicide of someone who's involved with Love Island. Mm-hmm. That is just so bizarre. I, I know it sounds like such a weird word to use, but it is in the sense that you're like, whoa, like this, you know, is it, you always have to think of these things, you know, like, is it the show? Is it the aftermath of the show? Is it the, how we deal with people who are on reality TV? Is it the public? Is it the media? And I, I don't know I think that's the the thing that like I find so hard about any of these things it's like I don't know the answer and like obviously people could rightly so consider you and I part of you know the quote-unquote media because so much of our content last year was about Love Island because it is such a cultural phenomenon so you know you have to always it just it, it leaves room for you just to kind of like ponder like you know what is the where is the cutoff point? Where is the kind of element where you're like not supposed to talk about certain things? Where is it where it's public kind of knowledge that you can comment on? I think what's your own personal responsibility? And for me in the aftermath of this and knowing, having the knowledge that we put out that podcast that I was interested in the story, Mm. I can't deny. Like when that story came out, I was, you know, engrossed in it and I was consuming what the media was you know putting out I was consuming the pictures I was reading up about it I totally played that part of being you know a voyeur Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. and you know I think a lot of my friends did everyone in the whatsapp group you and I did um and we made the podcast about it which could have in turn spurred many other people onto it you know that way like so we're we're, part of the wheel which we're totally able to like hold our hands and you have to hold your hands up I think because I can see now in the aftermath, a lot of people, like there's been, you know, the Be Kind is being used a lot last night. I watched Love Island. I haven't been watching this yeah. season, but I decided to watch it last night because I heard that they they didn't put it on for two nights. And then I heard that they were going to put out a tribute to her. And Ian Sterling kind of opened up the show just with like images of the sea that they kind of use for the opening of um, the yeah. show every night. But it was him kind of talking over... A voiceover and just kind of saying you know that we're very sorry I'm gonna miss her and she was great I was expecting personally to see kind of like a montage she'd been on the tv for years I didn't mm. even remember when I was looking when um the news of her passing came out and like she won Strictly she was on CBBC like all these different shows she's been such a constant presence, um, presence like a household even, name totally and she really built herself up to then yeah. be the Love Island presenter, which was obviously her most, um, she was most known for, and it was really catapulted her into actual fame. And like Love Island was just, you know, especially la- the last season that she presented was like the biggest year for Love Island yet. And mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely penetrated parts of like the culture that 
wouldn't usually be aware of it like even like I had no interest before but like I watched it last year and I know a lot of people were similar like a lot of people last year was their first year watching Love Island so like it definitely had a trickle down effect like I saw a lot of people you know in that I knew in America watching it so Mm. it just shows just the impact and how much of a household name she was you know that way that it just like went beyond like she was just so much part of the culture and that show was and that show was very much married to her public perception because she was very much involved you know which we talked about in the podcast where she was you know she would hang out with the um contestants after the show and she was very much like involved in the show you know that way it wasn't really like a step-in role like the way like say Davina was with Big Brother is her name Davina? Davina actually yeah. would be friends would with them as well yeah she no still way. is friends with like Nikki Graham she really That's I think it is I think um maybe you can't people like Davina it. and people like say Caroline Flack seem to really adore the show show. and I remember when I listened to Laura Whitmore speaking about it on BBC and the radio that was so sad her statement she spoke amazingly I didn't know they were friends yeah no I think that they it came out that they were friends I think Caroline actually put out that she was happy and glad for Laura Whitmore to take over so that was a kind of nice Passover it wasn't like her competitor or whatever they were friends um but you know Laura Whitmore spoke and said that Caroline lived for love and she just longed to have I think you know that stability of a relationship and as Mm -hmm. we saw her through the media going through different relationships and them ending badly and she still would strive for that kind of union and Mm -hmm. I think that's why she was so embedded in the show and in the contestants and everything because she really believed in it and Mm. she loved being around like the love and everything like that and same with Davina she really believed in the show but then you have other presenters like maybe Laura Whitmore which are just doing their role and like Emma Willis who then went on to present Big Brother Brother, who again wasn't as invested especially when like they're not there from the get-go I think like when you're there from from the conception of Mm. a show I think you just have such involvement in it and like you could now that in hindsight I do see that in Davina she was so involved and you could tell she just fucking loved that show obsessed and I think it's like it's great and I loved you know like I have watched little bits of Laura Whitmore and I definitely prefer Caroline's kind of what she brought to it and same with Davina like I loved her on Big Brother and I was like oh I was so upset when she left and Emma Willis just didn't have that same like passion for Mm. the show and you could tell but however maybe that's a more healthy way to present a show to kind of not be as invested because at the end of the day Love Island did kind of kick her to the curb you know and I understand that they probably didn't feel like they had any other options but it just must have felt like her world was imploding because I think the thing is is that like you know Whatever their like executive decision was after um, the kind of shit show that happened with their boyfriend, whatever happened there, like I, I don't know, you know, that way there's no point in commenting on it now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their duty of care was really in their in their aftercare with her because, you know, it it has happened time loads of times where unfortunately people have gone through like you know, say it is a domestic a domestic uh, violence kind of assault case like like a lot of the time there would be huge public outcry if they were then brought on to like continuously like present the show so I think their choice of letting her go is definitely open to be questioned but I think where a lot of the kind of concern should be is their their aftercare of her like as you said she was such a big part of the show and like she would have known so many of the staff and been so insanely close to them um that I feel like there must have been a bit of a lack of care there with the app, like their 
their duty of care after they let her go you know that way like it like I think that was like the dropping it must have just been and again this is all obviously speculation but yeah. like it, it, that's all that's the scary thing about these kind of things I think it's like all you're left when it comes to grief or like with the loss is like you're just left at all this like you're trying to fill in the dots yourself and I totally. think that's what the that what that's what people are trying to do now you know Laura Whitmore in her statement she was like you know the problem isn't Love Island you know it's such a great place to work and the crew and everything are so great which I believe you know and like, I believe I heard as well that they did actually offer oh did they kind okay, of aftercare okay. to her but I do feel that she probably just in thought. hindsight it hadn't gone to trial so she was still yeah you know innocent until proven totally or whatever but yet her being let go from the show made her look you know just didn't offer her that mm. space to you know she hadn't been found guilty yet and then we see people like Anton Deck Ant was caught drink driving and he crashed his car and he's back in the screens. Mm. It's kind of, I don't know if there's certain things that are allowed and not allowed in these kind yeah. of, in, in society right now. There's certain things that we just are not allowed to be said or done. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so, so sad. It's just absolutely horrific. And I, yeah. I think I, that's the thing is like there's no answer because I don't have the answer whether a company should let someone go because of one case or not the other like you no. know what I mean and I know I understand that like their case might have been built on the fact like well say if it was Ian Sterling and he was caught like mm. you know in a domestic abuse case with Laura Whitmore who was yeah. going away like if they put him back on the air there would have been absolute it's a company at the yeah. end of the day and it's something it's a show that's trying to maintain what they have garnered this huge big like money machine and and you know and I'm one who would be very much against like you know other cases which you know people could say would be almost hypocritical of me where it's like you know I'm I don't really agree with like people being fired because of a tweet they made when it's like not in the work premises so it is so it's such a weird gray area and I think that's where like social media now it's become such an intrinsic part of like how we exist as humans in the you know the western world I guess um, that, and how we communicate and, I and think it's like how far can that how far can you be like held accountable for for some things like that it's I really think the difficult odd. thing and from her last kind of she put up something before her death saying you know I will not let my friends and family be up for gossip anymore mm. I will have my voice I'll share my story so I think she felt very much silenced I she'd came out and said that she'd been advised not to be on social media she had of course she was not meant to have any contact with her boyfriend and post death when we're seeing all of her friends and colleagues and people who would have met her in the industry and everyone ourselves you know everyone offering their condolences and saying how amazing she was and how brilliant a woman she was and all these kind of things and why did they not come out sooner especially to her friends it felt like they all felt silenced and I know that we Mm -hmm. felt that when we went through our kind of um hate campaign a couple of years ago that a lot of the time in those situations and even people like Paddy McGuinness and Kerry Katona have come out sharing their own personal mm. messages where she reached out to them same with Katie Price she reached she was reaching out to these people in private via direct message on Instagram and she probably just felt like can you please stand up for me publicly yeah because it's all well and good people doing that post well when you're being tragedy. slated publicly sometimes private support just doesn't mean anything because exactly you need and that's just like this weird human nature of thing like you know like our how much you put your own neck on the line because then when you do look at it in this in the under the kind of microscope of cancelled culture like then you 
you have to believe in someone so much that you have to also put your neck on the line to also therefore be cancelled like we saw with um jk rowling like completely off topic but like she made uh comments a few months ago i think about two months ago that a lot of people thought where um she was in support of someone's i'm really badly quoting this but she basically made a comment that a lot of people interpreted as uh transphobic and then it was like but she was step she was standing up for a woman who made a another um statement that, that people thought was transphobic so like in her public support for this woman she was then cancelled you know what i mean so it's like it is this weird gray area for people nowadays with you know cancel culture which is a term that's overused a lot but that you know how much are you going to put your neck on the line you know and who owes it to you and and but it does mean so much when you're in that cancelled culture is just like the mo- i think it's like this looming anxious possibility that we all have now yeah. because because it doesn't discriminate against c- celebrities or and it can people. happen like that like yeah. we saw we spoke years ago about hetty douglas the artist mm-hmm. who put up one single photograph on her instagram stories of um a couple of guys in snickers and mcdonald's mm-hmm. and were like s- said some statement about them and she got called classist and basically went viral this classist preppy little art girl moaning about the working mm-hmm. class and it was a huge big thing still that's tied to her so it does exist and it's so scary to think because it is the most loneliest isolating thing if you are on the receiving end and then if you are a friend of someone who was dealing with that especially if you're in the same workspace or a mm-hmm. colleague like we saw with Caroline Flack if Paddy McGuinness, Kerry Katona, all these people stood up for her then, then they're going to be slammed as being like, you know, oh, you're an abuse apologizer. You only care about mm. men. If they're abusing women, it's not the role reversal. All these things that mm. you're slapped with that. And it's what's crazy about the Internet is when you put something out there, it sticks forever. And I even from my following and stuff, I can tell if I say something online I'll get some messages from people being like, hmm, funny you say that because three years ago actually you said something completely different. You're a hypocrite. You're this. I remember. Yeah. Because they can go back to their screenshots or go back to your post and it it's like you're not allowed to grow. Yeah, it has more of a permanent kind of presence. And, you know, even with the like standing up for people, something a part of cancel culture, which I find to be just so hard to kind of get around is like how, say if Carrie Catone or Patty McGuinness like did stand up for Caroline Flack, like that thing that you just said there, resonated with me you know where people go you're a a domestic you're an abuse apologizer or you're this or you're that you know standing up for someone because you're worried or concerned about someone's mental state doesn't mean that you are endorsing what their words or their actions you Mm. know like if 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 you especially for someone who you know caroline flack had spoken about her mental health being um troubled maybe or that she was struggling with it in October so you know if you were close to her maybe some people did kind of have come out and said that she had struggled with depression and all these kind of things so you know if you're kind of saying like here stop the chat about her or whatever or I'm you know going to publicly stand up for her just be in not even stand up for her actions but just stand up for her you know you can stand up for someone individually without being like and what they did and it's this kind of you're part not of, allowed anymore though, I know and that's what know? I was saying it the funny thing about this culture is that like it's all or nothing it's either like I completely support you in every single thing you do or I completely think you should be cancelled and gone and, there's also, and washed away you know and there's also like levels yeah like you're allowed hate and throw all your hate and disgust 
towards Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. That's allowed. If he died tomorrow like Jeffrey Epstein, that's allowed. There was no mourning for him. There was, and obviously they did like much grander scales of abuse and, you know, history of like a lot more things that had done. However, are we in a space of like a life is a life mm. and we protect people? Or if you've done this and this and this, you're cancelled, your life is not worth anything. I think like where the the weird part of it now is like it's almost like a social vigilanteism where we feel that the law isn't enough that we also they they deserve to this kind of like tarred and feathered public prosecution as well you know like where say for example she her case was going to cps and it was going to be this public thing but like it it, it just feels and john ronson talks about it a lot that it's not enough it's like we also need to like call them the worst person and tell them they should you know take their own life or tell them that they should die and the death threats come and it's like it's almost like we're just not satisfied with mean because something plays out so publicly and you know we did an episode before on um ex-gals about parasocial relationships and it kind of ties into that it's like we feel like we because this person has like their private life has played out in front of us that we feel like entitled to like give them backlash ourselves because we've been involved in it somehow especially on like say with Weinstein and Flack where they are like giving us entertainment via like I mean Caroline was on our screens I'm more so with Caroline Flack because like we don't have that personal attachment to Harvey Weinstein obviously he was behind a lot of films but like he wasn't a public but I mean in the sense of like when and if she had you know if if the case she was found not guilty for example okay, if the yeah. case had gone through and she was back on her screens it would have hung over forever mm. it would have followed her forever this is why we don't see people like Al Porter cancelled culture cancels you it does happen and I think that's the fear because as soon as it came out she lost her job mm-hmm. there's no pregnant pause there's no yeah. well let's just wait that's it attacks your income first and foremost yeah. and I mean a lot of the time with cancelled culture we hear you know whoever coming out like people leaving the Love Island villa and talking about trolling and the hate they get and they always kind of speak about like death threats and this we hear that and I'm just like that is horrific I've also been on the receiving end we both have two certain like really scary kind of messages however I think the most for me anyway when they attack your income and your livelihood and your overall sense of being able to survive and your security because like you know that is financial security and that is such a huge thing to someone especially when you've been like spend your whole life building a career for yourself and can just be taken away from you like that and she probably I mean not to I can't speculate and I will never know but I mean if I was in that position knowing that like no matter you know feeling that like if you'd ever been back on the TV Mm. that it will always be around you and it will stop you from getting certain jobs this and that and then how can you go from being such a huge well-known person to then working in Tesco or mm. doing eyebrows, you know? Like, Where do you, yeah, well, and that's most, again, speculative, but like that must have been part of her psyche at some point. Well, we don't just, see a lot feel of... feel like you're like grasping on to control. It's like, what do I do? It now? is rare in celebrity land to be a celebrity and then go back and be... Not be a celebrity, yeah. Yeah. You're always known. So we reached out to... Um, Adam O'Reilly, who is a good friend of ours and friend of the pod, former guest, etc., etc., and he's like a prominent, um, but I would consider anyway, definitely in Ireland, in prominent Love Island commentator. Like yeah. he, he has his own kind of way of talking about it. He's really entertaining, 
um and i think he does a really good job at like i don't really find show like commentators on shows that interesting but i find him really interesting oh i haven't been watching this season but i've been watching adam <laughs> you know yeah. and claire balding said that as well like i mean he's just so he's just so entertaining mm. but actually when he spoke about claire or uh, talk about caroline he speaks really well mm. and eloquently so we wanted him to be a part of this podcast yeah so we got a vo- unfortunately he can't join us on the phone because he has a full-time job but uh we asked him for some voice notes that we're going to play now and then we can maybe talk about it because it kind of re- goes into the whole like role of the media and mm-hmm. finger pointing or whatever else you want to call it so here is adam Caroline Flack to me is always someone who's been a badass, someone who's strong, someone who I'd like to model myself after. So Saturday afternoon when my phone started hopping, for me to open up those messages to see dozens of people sending me article screenshots saying that Caroline Flack had taken her own life, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I don't know how to process any of this. I mean, who do we blame? Do you know? I mean, yes, there's a conversation being had, but we're pointing fingers at the media, you know, the press, ourselves, trolls. Like, I don't know who's to blame. One thing I do know is when people are pointing the finger at the media, you know, the media isn't this monster that just became sentient and just awoken overnight. You know, these horrible stories that are being written, they're being written because essentially that there's a demand for them. You know, the media isn't just writing these stories as random thought pieces. They're writing them because there's a demand for them. You know, these horrible stories, these dark stories, they speak to a very dark side of humanity. Something dark, you know, in us that makes us fundamentally human. We see something in this that we want to consume in some form. And that's fucked up. And I don't know how we change that as a whole. But it is something that we should address. And then we look at, like, celebrity as a whole. I mean, if we look back to the the early celebrity, like, the crux of celebrity has always been, you know, compiled of hatred and love. And that propels people to fame and to superstardom. You know, when you become famous, it's like you sell a part of yourself to the public. And as we know, the public can be so fucking cruel and nasty as it can be kind, loving and full of support. Fame can open so many doors for you and put you on a pedestal and give you a life that other people can only dream of having. But just as quick, it can bring you to your knees and burn you and destroy you. And there's always been this thing within celebrity culture, and I don't know if it can be changed, where, you know, people love to see someone someone go sky high and put them on this pedestal. And then the same people love to see that person fall like a shooting star. It's always been the way. And I don't know if it's a cycle we can break within celebrity culture. All I know that it is fucked up, but it's the way it's always been. And for me, if anything we can take from the tragic death of Caroline Flack, it's just to be kinder. You know, it's not that hard, you know, just to be a little fucking kinder. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, actually, during the show last night, they, because that was a post that Caroline Flack had put out a couple of months ago that people are now sharing. Um, where she just said if you can be anything in this world be kind and then throughout the show at every ad break they put up be kind and the numbers for Samaritans which mm-hmm. was hopefully I'm hoping that they will continue to do so throughout this whole season mm-hmm. because I mean Adam spoke on his stories last night saying that like up until this this season of Love Island was pretty much flat it wasn't getting the same kind of reaction that like the summer is mm-hmm. the summer is just gone with Ovi and Mora was such a huge season yeah and now this is a huge season because of what happened but the tragedy um, yeah it's an interesting one and I mean I remember when we were in the room in the hotel room and you were on your phone and you found the news and I remember just thinking I'd say the sun and the daily mail are delighted and are in the sense of I'd say there was such a buzz in those places to try and get the story go there go to the house there's photographs of both her flats um roses and stuff everything like that there was like information about like her friends her friends being photographed their friends Instagram posts are being shared in the media it's just a consistent story after story after Mm. story it's the whole banner of Daily Mail there's about 12 different stories her sister who's purposely never been in the public her twin uh, right her twin sister yeah who is a mother is now being splashed all over the news and these kind of things I'd say they're just you know aiming to get photographs of the parents Mm. of her of her boyfriend you know it's just going to be this I think circus and it it just reminds me so much of like when Britney was going through her breakdown in 2007 which obviously has become you know part of like meme culture too which you know I'm also not I don't know it's it's a gray area again it's like where is the kind of like where is the kind of part of like culture where you can like look at something and be like yeah like I mean it's on mugs if Brittany can get through her I was thinking a bit about that over the weekend I remember there was money on like there was like you could bet on Paddy Power when Britney Spears was gonna die and apparently like all every single like leading tabloid in America had like the articles already written waiting for Mm -hmm. her to die and like that's so dark and creepy like that creeps me out the thoughts of that that like people are literally sitting there waiting for your death so that they can post this like oh, article. that's i think the darkest part a about it breath, that, you, know? you know these media outlets are just delighting in this they delighted in the mike and sophie gordon mm-hmm. one they just delight in this because people's fascination with suicide is huge because i think we have all been in some way affected by it and it's just such a and it's unknown yeah and it, it's also like you know the complete like antithesis of like human nature because like we are built to survive survive and like to keep ourselves alive and to like help each other survive but obviously you know there is you know that point that your brain goes to where like your brain basically goes against your human nature you know and whatever you know again we don't know and we never will know we don't know but what terrifies me about 
suicide which haunts me because my sister's boyfriend um her first ever boyfriend committed suicide and I remember reading up about it trying to find knowledge about it trying to find out how you can because I think I myself I think it is a thought I don't think you can ever escape that thought as that being even an option do you know like I think it come runs in and out of people's brains when they maybe are going through difficult times but the actual act of doing so and if you choose to and then it's the fact that even if you feel so down and depressed that if you and want seeing that as your only option that like at the end your body will always try to survive so Mm. in your last few moments your body will be fighting to stop this happening and there will be the regret and that last feeling of you being on earth is that kind of no 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 it's that haunts me mm. so so let's maybe talk about the media kind of role I guess because that's something that we're seeing a lot of now you know obviously I don't think the you know the the phrase that's being put around as you were saying there is a Caroline Flack be kind which obviously agree with you know in general but it is kind of this thing of like now people are kind of saying oh as Adam was saying there right for example we'll launch it off that he was saying you know the media isn't something that just became sentient over Caroline Flack's recent controversy like the media is supplying content which it has been proven to succeed with just like you know if you and I do an episode on money it's probably not going to perform as well as if we do an episode on Love Island, you know, and that does inform to a certain extent, not fully. It informs every person's content to an extent, you know, that way the success. And that's kind of the thing that I feel like a lot of people are kind of missing when they're, you know, I do think that the, the English media, I mean, we saw it with Diana, it's been going on for how long, you mm-hmm. know, the, the English media are ruthless and, um, you know Fiona was telling us over the weekend that like apparently Meghan Markle was like warned about the English media that she's like you know do you think the American media is bad the English media will tear you apart and it is notorious for being so having such an invasion of your privacy and also being so they are so amazing with loopholes yes they find yeah. loop, like I, I've spoken about it and I've been like laughing about it for years because it, I do consume as y'all know yeah. Daily Mail and I do just just the tr- the obvious kind of ways that they write headlines, like you know, a picture of some celebrity maybe looking more overweight than she had done in the past. They'll make the headline so and so looking confident and toned on the beach in Mauritius. They'll yeah. do that purposefully like to garner, yeah, to garner then all the comments, the comments. underneath. They're like, what tone? Question mark? Question mark? They'll do these things purposefully to remove the blame from them and then put it in our hands, the public's hands, for us to comment on what they're putting out there. And then we are like, she's not toned. She's actually overweight. I'm going to talk about nothing wrong with it. It's like they're professional trolls. They know how to troll you into them becoming becoming the troll. And pass the blame. Pass the word. Like they'll kind of open up the space. And I mean, even on Daily Mail, they'll say like, we have, you know, all these comments are regulated before. It's not like you can comment and it goes straight on. Apparently yeah. they are, you know, looked monitored at, monitored and, stuff, and yeah. like tested before they go on to the, you know, internet live mm-hmm. for these people to read. And we've heard like people like Molly May saying that she used to be obsessed with reading through hate comments. And I have also been there myself. Yeah. When we appear on certain Facebook groups, it can kind of be like this sick indulgence of reading this hate about you. And it's almost like, what do people, what are people's worst thoughts about me? And you have it Mm. on your fingertips. I was talking to my friend about it yesterday when this be kind thing came up on the screen. We were both watching Love Island. And I was like, what frustrates me when these horrible things happen 
is they're trying to like simplify it so much as in like I watched Joe Swash talking about he kind of came on his Instagram stories talking about Caroline Flack and you know just if only she could have talked to someone or reached out and it's mm. like surely she was she was talking mm. to people her friends people have loads were there. of celebrities it's not that it's it, not yeah. that they're not talking that's not the answer it's not like if she talked to someone then it would have been solved and also being kind is not the fucking only option because it's impossible for humans to be consistently kind because well it's well, an impossible as I was saying to you yesterday it's just an impossible it is an impossible uh, standard to uphold like you and I could come on now and say we are going to be you know this podcast now we're never going to talk about another right, celebrity be kindly about people and, and be kind to each other yeah, and not and test each other totally and that's you know I'm you know you and I are both willing to be I mean I, I, I can't promise to be kind but I can promise to try and be honest and it's not uh, it's not that I'm going out of my way to like looking for a loophole of bitchiness in or our podcast unkind. yes but it, it you know the thing is about kindness as well is it is subjective in the sense that like something that I think might not be a big deal could hurt someone's feelings and that's what the scary thing about you know this level of fame that say Flack has or any of had or uh, these big celebrities is that like we can all make throwaway comments which we think are gas or which we think aren't that big of a deal but you never know which one is the comment that can really impact someone and I don't know how to resolve that honestly with the, with the way that the culture and the world is now with social media and like the access we have to people and the access comments can make and I think, all of these well, things. I mean they only have the access if you're putting them out there and that's what my friend was saying yeah. last night like she isn't involved in you know social media and that mm. kind of thing but she was saying it's all well and good you and I sitting here in my house Mm -hmm. talking about it it's just different when you're putting it out in a public space where people can you don't know who you know I mean I think definitely when we did that podcast and I now looking back in hindsight is a wonderful thing I'm like I didn't ever I wasn't we weren't putting out there thinking that she'd ever hear and I'm sure she didn't Mm -hmm. but that's the removal of a human to the celebrity so you don't think of Caroline Flack or you know certain other Love Island people or whatever who we talk about as actually being real humans or have access or can hear this stuff and whether it's not our direct podcast or this and -and so-and-so's direct comment the 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 realization of knowing that that's even happening because I remember when you know sometimes people write to us and be like oh they're talking about you on this group I won't indulge in it anymore like I used to and read through it but I still am aware that that's happening Mm -hmm. and it does just make an uneasy feeling in your stomach. And it is always that option of like anything you say can go viral on those groups. You know that way so you're always kind of feel out to be slaughtered. You know that way you kind of your neck is always on the line of it but it's just something that I'm like I don't know where your friend is right in this. I think your friend is 100% right in the sense of like what you personally are like commenting on people's pages or sending people but like I don't know where it lies when it comes to like say like this podcast or Mm. the greater scale of like media not really I'm not really talking about tabloids because as you said they have so many loopholes and I do think there needs to be like I mean, this is, as I said, it's been going on for 30 years with Princess Diana. Like, I mean... And I mean, we're blessed in the fact that, like, this doesn't happen with Irish media. But in England, it just seems to be a different beast. Completely. And... But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know... Why? No, I, I mean, like, I don't know where the line is with, like, the kindness when it comes to 
for me what I kind of took from it and what yeah. I definitely decided to you know and again I bloody may forget about it yeah. <laughs> you know the way like we're yeah. all heightened and very much like more hyper aware of this going on now however like it happened with Mike's Alice's it happened with mm-hmm. except that that wasn't really they weren't trolled to the extent of um, Caroline but, Flack but say that um, porn star mm-hmm, that girl we spoke about. Who, who, that we spoke about a really good uh, podcast by John Ronson about that called the Butterfly Effect um, but I think for me in hindsight yeah. and what I've you know trying to actively take from it is you know I'm not going to come on and say I will never ever mention another human in my mm. life on a podcast or you know talk about pop culture or whatever yeah however I think I just want to definitely feel like I'm standing by everything I'm saying yeah what's that thing again isn't it like think before you speak is it like is it true honest inspiring needed or kind do I want that to represent me as my person as well like do I really stand by what I'm saying and then you mentioned about like Britney and her whole thing becoming a meme and for example we did the Gossies um, rundown and I Mm -hmm. feel like there's just a difference and a separation for me with trolling and kind of making light humour over stuff and they can't all be seen and lumped into the same like trolling you're being horrible you're talking about people it's just for me it's just we also can't have cultural puritanicalism like we can't like what we're not going to all like act Especially when we are, you know, integrally like a, 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 not as much, like not only a comedy podcast, but like an entertainment. Okay. We are a form of, ex- of escapism for a lot of people and entertainment and lighthearted fun and lighthearted lols and all this kind of stuff. And we mm-hmm. do, and a lot of where we get our contact, content from is pulled from culture and pop culture because that is what, where a lot of uh, our interests lie in. Mm-hmm. So we can't promise to like act in this kind of biblical way of you know I don't know where comedy really exists in only speaking 100% kindly of people um and that's obviously 100% I think it do, you can always second guess yourself and go right maybe I went a bit too far there maybe I went a bit too far mm-hmm. here but I'm also you know and I think you're the same like we are kind of you know we have been for the past like three years openly like growing on the internet and growing of course. but and like people I, continue to do so and, and I it, look but, back at like you know just being humorous and the way that we talk about pop culture mm-hmm. and what's going on in Ireland in the greater scale of England and all that kind of stuff that we talk about that we're interested in and I think humor is the savior and mm-hmm. in thinking about that like not nasty humor and possibly maybe you guys would consider some things that we've said in that regard however I feel like when there's a kind of balance between like us being self-deprecating and slagging ourselves at the same time it's kind of just and it's not slagging you know it is a difficult thing but it's kind of like it is it's 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 a weighing scales you know that way and unfortunately like sometimes to learn where the balance is you have to tip it over every now and again you know that way like that's how you learn and I mean meme culture I do think kind of almost maybe could it help is it helping in a sense of like you know it wasn't people weren't it was so serious the allegations that were coming up with Carolyn Flack and she lost her job and she was going to be slapped with certain names I think Mm. for the rest of her life and if she'd continued and continue to work you know everyone I can think of like that's going through my head right now who's had viral moments who've stopped working if they do go back that will continuously be over their head and I'm like I do feel like humor and memes are kind of a 
window open in that smog of negativity and scary it's kind of like an intense conversation yeah if you can make a meme about it it kind of like encapsulates it into mm -hmm. this fun ridiculous thing and I think the obsession with pop culture and celebrities is because they are living their life publicly and we do learn from them and comment on them and they you know it is it's just a human voyeuristic obsession with being able to see someone else living their life and then adapting or you know certain aspects and then you know being like oh I'd never do that or that's mm -hmm. wrong and that's where the commentary comes in and it can teach you so much as well you know mm. and I don't know I think like you know as you said like with the Gossies episode or something you know some people could have I don't know an opinion on that but I do think that like you have to be able to separate something serious from something as you said tongue-in-cheek a bit of light-hearted fun you know mm -hmm. um and again we were not talking about people we were talking about clothing exactly they are not and the clothing doesn't have feelings yes yeah. we choose our clothes and we put them on we you know want to look however but like it is clothing and it is you have to be able to i feel just separate the two because you have to, be able to differentiate between you have the to serious to... levels of someone's you know career like their friendships their personal relationships and their kind of will to live being put on the line by like a massive corporation like the daily mail and you know but ta well, talking about like i mean there has to be a line between entertainment and you know but as well i was you know post all of this mm. unfortunately what i have taken like what i've taken from it in the sense of being like what can we do what can we do mm -hmm. Each individual is literally personal, but responsible in some sense to make it through themselves. You know, I mean, we can be thinking about what comment it was or what was this or that tipped someone could tip someone over the edge. However, we are personally responsible for our own well-being to a certain extent. Now, obviously, there's, you know, situations where people are born into abuse or people are in difficult situations with partners whatever's going on but like or they're like their mental like people mental health mental health you, can really play a big part in it because you can't sometimes you're not in your right mindset you know when you're going through certain of course things and, and like that would, could be argued with suicide you know you're not in your right mindset in and you're way. not personally able to be minding yourself in that exactly, sense and that's exactly. when I mean it is surprising and I mean again hindsight's a wonderful thing yeah that I just looking back I'm sure her, I like why couldn't you've just been in 24 hour care somewhere mm. she has the financial aid to do so or had the you know it's it's really scary and I don't think we have answers and that wasn't that isn't our you know intention with this podcast is to come off with, with like, that we have answers or that we have it figured out or that like don't do this yeah. don't do that but do this and yeah. be kind or talk to people and that's the answer because if that was the case we'd know that yeah and these things wouldn't and we happen. do it and you know I think if I took taken away anything I think it's definitely as you're saying right so the personal responsibility in the sense of people are responsible for what they say and what they put out there I also think that like really like do question the content you consume um and this can go beyond this conversation and you know we've talked about it multiple times before with like uh, the kind of Facebook groups and even us consuming content negative content about ourselves Mm. Uh, that goes beyond you know a critique or whatever you know sometimes it can be fair but there is a there is a line between like you know someone being like mm, didn't really like that podcast on x or you two are terrible human beings you know that that mm -hmm. kind of like there is a line between that so I think for me it's about like what Adam said 
hit a nail hit the nail on the head for me that you know the the press didn't just one day go oh we're going to start yeah. writing these horrible articles it's because there is a demand out there for it and just like when people say like oh you know unfollow bloggers that you don't like you know if there is if this situation which i'm sure it has for so many people has ma- left a really bad taste in your mouth you know the next time you're reading articles about someone's demise especially when they're going through it you know just know that and it's not to blame you because it is you know this is where I struggle with it because it is also human nature I think as Adam was saying to watch these things happen and it's part of our culture and it's put into us but like if it does affect you and it does start to bring you down and it makes you feel like I don't know even guilty you know try and have that kind of like bit of self-conservation that you won't consume it as much if that is something even if it is on those groups if it's talking about people there because you do you don't realize how much that kind of stuff drains you I think it's like having to that's where the personal personal responsibility comes into minding your Mm -hmm. own self and Mm -hmm. protecting your own self and Mm -hmm. with that comes like say with me I've spoken about it a lot tracking myself and how I'm kind of how I react to certain stuff, friends, yeah, time I get up, what I consume. And I do have, and I, like Adam was saying, like we all have this kind of, you know, Voyeurism. longing for the dark side. 100%. It's the utter intrigue of wanting to know how someone, as we are all living people, mm-hmm. how someone would want to end that and why and what were they thinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all have this like, you know, I'd love to, we'd all love to know this is why we consume these articles. And then in the same boat I'm kind of like I can be reading horrendous things on the paper about not even celebrities about just yeah in the news or whatever and then I'll notice throughout like the coming the weeks after it that it's still staying with me or I'm thinking about these things or I'm like it's like culturing anxieties within you as well yeah and I have to only take only I can stop clicking into that or only I can stop staying up really late or eating bad or hanging out with a friend who makes me feel shit only I can do that and that's my own personal Mm. responsibility to try and maintain my well-being you know and And you have to you're the only one who can kind of put yourself on who can put those limits on yourself you know and the press will probably like will always exist and these kind of stories will probably always exist as long as celebrity culture and that's not going anywhere anytime soon you know so I think what it is is that you know you have to because I do think that there is a slippery slope element with these things when it comes to, you know, consuming a large amount of these of kind of tabloid uh, content or negative content about someone or a huge amount of content about someone's like, you know, uh, a breakdown, so to speak. Then it can kind of feed into you. Then you become the person leaving the comments or you're thinking about it all the time. And you see it on those Facebook groups as well. Like, I mean everyone's been there I've been there you know hands like in the air like just admitting it you know you start off as a voyeur and you start off reading it and you start off reading all the comments and then all of a sudden you find yourself maybe putting in one or two comments and it's kind of like I had to catch myself in a lot of those instances like kind of not that I was like bitching about other bloggers but I would definitely get involved in certain conversations even if it was sticking up with for someone and having a fight with the person think, on a on a forum and I think you have to kind of catch yourself and as you said track it back and be like right so this isn't exactly a healthy level of engagement for me but even just engaging in the continuous never-ending toxic yeah. cycle like a uh, male blogger Connor Ryan put up these two tweets side by side of a girl on Twitter who had written about the news when it broke about Carolyn Flack being arrested for assault or whatever Mm -hmm. she'd written about that and you know some unsavory comments as many people were and then she post death had written a tweet being like 
this is so sad, the media are to blame, they, you know, trolled her and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, whatever they said, he had put them alongside and was like, this is fucking ridiculous kind of thing, whatever he said. But it's like, this is continuing the cycle of now she's to blame or we're to blame because we did a podcast or the Facebook groups are to blame. And it's like, you only can, I think what I've noticed from the aftermath of how people, a lot of people seem to be handling it is kind of putting themselves in like this high horse kind of place being Mm -hmm. like, we just need to stop trolling. And it's like, we all are apart. You're not, no one is in a position to point the finger at anyone else and say, I handled it better than you or I know the answer how to stop mm-hmm. this. Because if you look at this circumstance with Caroline Flack, her friends were alongside her. Her friends were staying with her. Her friend left to go to the shop yeah, with the thought that she was okay. Apparently Caroline had said, you know, I'm fine. I'm going to do a bath. She had a, a hotel break booked for Sunday with her dog. These, you know, she... Of course, as a friend, you're going to think I can go to the shops. I can, hmm. you know, she'll be okay. And it's like, of course, I'm sure they're beating themselves up. But like, you know, I just don't think we have the answer. No. So I don't think, I think the more damaging thing and the more dangerous thing is to pretend that we have the answer by hashtag be kind, hashtag talk to people. And forgetting about it in two weeks. Because like, that's just, I can't stand that stuff with like, I mean, Carolyn Flack came out on in October. She put up a post about mm-hmm. mental health and said that she missed mental health day and that she, she was having a hard time herself, yeah, wasn't it? And that she reached out to a friend, like we're always told on social media and all these outlets to be like, talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. And we do. And she was told that she was draining. And then we're told to go to therapy. And I was thinking about therapy and how people always tell me to go to therapy and how I've been looking for therapy. But the thought of therapy, which I agree, talk to people. And I think that's very, you know, necessary. You need to do that. However, I hate the thought of the secrecy around therapy of like that you can't share therapists. It's in this room with you and this stranger and you should kind of disclose your secrets to a stranger. And it's because in society and in this day and age, we are meant to be, to be a one type of person. You're not allowed to be erratic. You're not allowed to ball down the streets. You're not allowed to be wild. You have to be, to be a working member of society, a pretty much yeah. monotone people day to day. So you have this like small little kind of window of your day, week or month where you're allowed to kind of let out all these like, you know, anxieties or troubles. Yeah. And that's an acceptable way for you to express that. But it's not You acceptable. leave it there in the hour that you yeah. paid for to the stranger and that's your therapy. And but there's the expectation that it's going to work for everyone, which it also doesn't. And it's also the like you know counsellor shopping these kind of things that are thrown around and it's like it's just and huge like huge responsibilities to be put on someone who is also obviously going through it mentally I mean you know what I mean like you know I've been on a lesser scale of what I can imagine other people have been and Mm. the you know the launch pad from even calling up or looking up the number was uh, and it's just even feel like feels like just this big complicated thing that I don't even know where to begin because you know when people are saying things like I can't share I just noticed a Instagrammer an Irish Instagrammer talking about therapy and that she felt great after it she put it up in her story and then obviously people were like who is she I really look like and she was like oh I can't share my therapist said that you know she didn't want to be shared and it's not good it might be right for you and it's like oh my god this is just where to begin it's like this whirlwind of like secrecy mm-hmm. I feel like it's like so I do think that you know this is why we wanted to do this podcast because we didn't want to come with answers because we don't have them we didn't want to come with false promises that we're going to be these perfect humans never speaking about anything unsavory anymore Mm -hmm. we didn't want to come with 
hashtag be kind hashtag this is why I'm so grateful that we even have this podcast to be able to speak about these things without popping up a post with hashtag be kind because what? half the bitches I see doing that are not that anyway and it's yeah. how do you know that that's the answer it's it, like you said it's just an impossible standard to stand up to yeah to like withhold. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold up especially even in my private life I wouldn't hold up that it's like me going into the girl group and be like I'm never bitching again like or I'm being kind to you all forever and yeah. my boyfriend and my mom we're and dad never only gonna, kind we're never gonna fight I'm never gonna bitch about someone I'm never gonna send a picture in the girls group or respond to a picture in the girls group with a bitchy remark it's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I am a flawed human and as all we are all we all are however what I can do is you know you know take a moment to reflect unfortunately there had to be a tragedy for this huge cultural kind of reflection that's going on at the moment and it's probably the what probably would be one of the I guess because of how shocking and sudden it was it's definitely one of the um I think because it came off the back of such a quick condensed viral that only happened quite like in December I was looking our episode went up on December 18th which is crazy yeah it's you know it's only like six weeks away mm. which is or eight weeks should I say but, it felt like a rat race and you know so I'll, I'll be really can do I think is be kind yes obviously like you know in the sense of like be kind to yourself and that comes in many forms and be kind to your friends and be kind to those around you but also just kind of track back you know if there if there are certain actions that make you feel like if you are looking back on this and feeling really like even guilty for like listening to our podcast about it or like tweets or retweeting things or whatever don't beat yourself up over it but just notice it in future like if you know if us or another podcast or the daily mail puts out an article that you might engage with in the future like remember that if you if you do feel this kind of over like bearing like kind of feeling of guilt or it makes you feel uneasy you know note that and i think be be cautious for your own emotional state in the future That's and I all think I as well say. for like your smaller life because it's all yeah. well and good thinking about like being yeah. kinder to these celebrities yeah. but like in your personal in your kind of personal life and with your friends and your relationships like I mean you know this weekend I had an issue with a friend and I'm looking back and I'm like okay I definitely could have handled it kinder mm-hmm. however how do we hold each other accountable for some wrongdoings whilst maintaining this parent you know kindness and minding people and I think it is like you just have to, I guess it's like, it is just a balance of being able to, because again, we're humans, we get to a certain kind of emotional, you can be emotionally drained and react in a way that you wouldn't normally. And that's just life, whatever life is throwing at you this a certain week, you know, you can be more perceptible to be argumentative with your partner or your friends. Mm. Uh, if you were having an easier week you know it's kind of this like toxic circle if you are feeling mentally drained or if you're dealing with your own things you can be snappier you can be more whatever but I definitely feel like we have to just accept that life is hard and that we are going to be needed to be held accountable but also just not slapping people with these allow forgiving allow forgiveness allow allow forgiveness and allow for self-reflection and allow people to check themselves because we're all going to do things that we don't want to be a definer of our personality for the rest of our lives and allow for people to apologize or self-reflect and allow for self-awareness to grow within allow people to be human people don't stop pretending that we're not like via you know we're able to create these instagrams where our lives are perfect and we can tweet these perfect socially Mm. acceptable 
thoughts and opinions on politics or, you know, Philip Schofield and how brave he is. We are not allowed to have certain different, differing kind of opinions, but humans are flawed. We always will be. And humans are continuously growing. There's never an age where you're like a bloomed flower of perfection. Mm. Like we're continuously like learning and adapting and realizing how. And hopefully becoming more self-aware, you know, self-aware, self-awareness within your friends or yourself has to be something that's nurtured and grown. And you're not born with this like insane sentience around who you are and why you do things, you know, that you, you only learn self-awareness through making so many mistakes and doing and Mm -hmm. looking at yourself and being like why the bloody hell did I do that that is so not a reflection of me and there's been things that you know I've said on the podcast I'm sure you're the same you know of course there's been things hundreds of hours of our conversations that I wouldn't like absolutely stand by and there were organic conversations and again I that's something I savor and value and want to Mm. continue doing because it's helped me become self-aware though you know what I mean oh I learned from them and I I definitely would not have learned if I bit my tongue and didn't say Mm. certain things to try and maintain this perfect mm. kind of veneer of a person. I feel like the two of us and like we saw at our shows where 2000 people came out and we are these people who are, you know, we're up there and we are disemboweling ourselves publicly. And yes, that comes with good and bad, but it is relatable because we all are imperfect. No matter how you choose to present yourself to the yeah. public, we're never going to be perfect. No one is. And, um, I think just forgiveness is like because we've been on the receiving end of certain things and still to this day we will get the odd message being like I mean to think three years ago you said that and now here you are saying something similar it's like forgiveness doesn't exist with social media there's like this track record of you've done this 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 and this and if you trip up again I'm going to remind you of that map of things Mm. that you have behind you it's like I didn't like agree who you were back then but I don't want you to be anyone but that person because then I can't continuously disagree with you I'm not going to allow for your growth I'm not going to allow for your the fact that I'm not going to believe or put any trust in you whatsoever that you've done some self-reflection to grow and I think that's something that like as a culture we have to look at um, yeah but we've probably talked long enough about this now and we just I guess it just just like going back to watching Love Island if I do in the summer it just felt weird to do a podcast without acknowledging it but obviously we didn't want to make it a like side story of like and by of the way not. this happened it deserved its own um, moment and it's just so it's so, so sad and I'm just so sorry to all to Caroline for because she would have been okay I think it's just I'm That's just so sad that she totally, she, people have come back from doing way worse and have made you know we obviously talk about cancel culture but like the fact of the matter is that people have done way worse and come back and she just and had so much on. to live for and she had so many friends as you can see now and she had only been in Barcelona last week on a holiday with a friend she had a life to live and it's so horrendous that she thought that the better option was to not live it and to just end it there and it's just so sad that she probably just felt I just always think of how lonely someone must have to feel that that is their only option and I'll leave um, in the description of the podcast we'll leave some like phone numbers and stuff because I know that's Mm -hmm. what people do but I mean I don't really know what else to do but you can also always reach out to Lindsay or I on on Instagram I don't know if this if this has because it is you know these stories people do like to kind of I don't know I always remember like when some celebrities die and I get really upset and people love to be like oh come on you didn't know them but it it's can really affect you and it, it is can, a wake up call yeah it can put a mirror up to society and it because it does it does trigger so many emotions in you of like oh you know obviously we were like oh god that podcast we did it triggers so much so you get oh, this level of, course, of guilt hindsight, regretful yeah. and I was like what was I thinking but then last week 
you know, we didn't get any comment. Like, people were engaging. People were in right. People, you know, you know, we got. It was probably. I I haven't looked, but like I'd say that month, it was probably one of our biggest podcasts. And it's because like people do want to engage in it. So, if you do feel, you know, if you were feeling guilty or feeling like affected by the Caroline Flack thing, obviously, you can reach out to us. And, our DMs are open. Yeah. We're there to talk, and also it's okay to feel and be affected by these things because, like you said, it holds up a mirror, and you're like. That could be me. That could be my friend. Are my yeah. friends okay? Is my mm. so it is just um it's it's just very very scary and just yeah. horrendously sad. So, um, yeah, that's probably it for this that's week. We'll be back next week with a usual kind of episode of it, girls. But thank you for listening to this one, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye, girls. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 